So you've got the product idea, you've designed it, you've found a manufacturer, you have your costs and you're ready to go. But how do you know that your product launch is going to be successful? In this video, I'm gonna show you how you can have a successful product launch even if you have no digital marketing experience. Hey guys, welcome to the Launch and Scale podcast. I'm Kirsten Ross, and this podcast, we talk about best practices when it comes to launching and scaling your physical product brand online. Whether you're doing Kickstarter or even launching your own brand online, we help you with best foundational practices and conversations around helping you build a brand that you can sell or at basic support your lifestyle so that you can quit your nine to five and live life on your terms Super excited. You can dive into more resources and previous episodes at kirsten.com. If it's your dream to launch and scale an e-commerce brand of your own that will allow you to get freedom in your life, then subscribe to this channel for actionable tips and strategies. Hey guys, I'm Kirsten. Welcome back to Launch and Scale. On this channel, we give you practical tips on how to launch your product and how to scale your e-commerce brand to seven figures and beyond to build the lifestyle that you want. And my assumption if you're watching this video is that you've probably stayed awake, lost sleep more than once on wondering if you're making the right decision on how do you know for sure if your product launch is going to be successful and what can you do to actively build your brand. If you have thought any of those thoughts, be sure to write either yes or no in the comments. If you answered yes, you are in the right spot. So that's why in this video I've put together five pre-launch marketing strategies that you can use to have a successful product launch. Now this is going to work for you if you have never launched a product before or if this is your very first product that you're launching. Tip number one is to co-create your product with your customer. So I don't mean actually build, like physically build your product with your customer. What I mean is that as you're bringing a new product to market, absolutely use your customer base or your beta testers or friends that you're getting feedback from to actually get people to test your product, give you feedback, tell you why it's working, why it isn't, so that, or even get them to vote on logos, packaging, etc., color, how it looks, functionality. When you involve your customer, when you involve your audience in the co-creation of your brand, it gives them, it makes them feel like they're, they have a vested interest in this now because you're actively getting them to help shape the outcome of a product and it's something that they invest their time into. So when you co-create a product with your customer, it, it does two things. One, it dramatically increases how engaged they are with your brand and because you're literally designing a product with their feedback is amazing. And the second thing is you are dramatically de-risking bringing a product to market that isn't going to have a five-star review. Um, the reality is that you need to be testing, you need to get external feedback because if you don't, from a design perspective, you might get a final product that your customers aren't going to use or aren't really happy about. So co-creation with your customer allows you to really make sure that it's a slam dunk when you're like really nailing the product that customers want you to bring to market because you're literally using them for feedback. It's exactly like, um, it goes a lot further than just a focus group. It's literally like, you know, in the Kickstarter gaming space, I love like hearing how people that bring board games to market will constantly do in-person play testing over and over and over with, and get feedback. It's such an amazing thing that I think other kinds of product creators need to borrow from the gaming space because 
to create a fun, awesome game where the rules make sense, you have to get people to test the product. So absolutely doing that. And if you only have one prototype, that's okay. Get a group of friends together that are in your, like that are your ideal customers and get them to use the product and get them to give you feedback. Co-creation is such an underused tool and it's gonna allow you to really see, to point in the direction of what is really going to work. Not only from like, does get making sure people buy your product, but like, are they gonna love your product? That's so, so, so important, okay? Point number two is you're not selling a product. What? You're selling a result, okay? When you're on this channel, this channel and everything we do is focused around building a brand. And a brand is something where you serve a specific kind of customer. And we sell products not based on price, but we sell products based on what result it gets somebody in their life. So we are all about um, really brand building and bringing a premium custom product to market where you own the customer experience. So when we frame this in terms of you're selling a result, there's a lot behind here in price psychology that um, when you focus on the problem you're helping someone solve, it will help increase the perceived value of your product to them. This is really important because if you are, um, you know, if you're an existing Amazon seller that got started in the game white labeling your products, um, you will probably see there's like 42 other identical things on Amazon. So why else would somebody buy your product over something um, else? Usually on Amazon, you're competing on price alone. So when you go are in the business of bringing custom products to market that solve a need in somebody's life, you have to define the value in someone's life, not by the price, but by the value you're creating through a result. A really great example is uh, take Tylenol, for example. With Tylenol, what are you buying? Are you buying a bottle of pills? Or are you buying a remedy to a headache? And how much is someone willing to pay? How much am I willing to pay for a bottle of pills? Versus a bottle of pills that relieves my migraine that's had me in bed for eight hours. Okay, perceived value. And so when you look at what you're selling, you need to define it in terms of what is the problem I am solving in somebody's life, okay? Um, take my favorite planner, which is usually right beside me, but we have the monk manual. The monk manual is a 90 day system for peaceful being and purposeful doing. Essentially, it's a quarterly planner that is laid out in a way that helps me plan my days better and appreciate gratitude and they have a few other things in there. What I'm buying with the planner is not just a, a way to organize my thoughts. It's a way to truly a, a system to help give me peace of mind, knowing I've taken everything into account in my day. So when you go to define what your product is, don't sell on features and benefits. Oh, it's got eight hours of battery life. Oh, it's purple. Oh, okay. Those are just commoditized features. What you're really selling is the result and you want to really quantify what that is and start to see your brand and your product in terms of a solution for your customer. It's bigger than just the physical features. Number three, pick a niche or niche, but I say niche, Canadian, A. So picking a niche is about getting really clear and really specific on who that person is that you're serving. And I don't mean your niche being I serve men, okay? Your niche has to be that our supplement is for athletic professionals 
that go to the gym five days a week and grind, but they don't sleep well because of the demanding day job that they have. Your niche has to be really specific to define the person you're serving. This helps people identify your product as a solution custom for them. The more specific you can get, the higher perceived value you have and the more cult-like following you have because people, like, you're gonna build a community of loyal followers in a specific niche. And know that, of course, your product likely has multiple kinds of um, customer groups or niches that you can serve. Um, but take a product that we, um, we launched, Series Chill. It's a breast milk chiller that helps busy moms on the go still be able to breastfeed their kids. And the niche is moms who breastfeed. So moms that are breastfeeding um, between zero and 12 month old infants. Um, but then we go, we go more specific than that moms on the go. So these are moms that are, you know, working moms that are still traveling to the office. They're on the go for play dates. They maybe travel for work. They are busy. They're on the go. Okay. That is a niche. And you might find that, um, Lisa can, can actually sell to different groups because another niche might be with like, you have that as one niche, but then you also have like, um, fathers who want to buy this as a gift for their wives. You may have, this is a great gift for baby showers, okay? Within that, there are different reasons why people buy your product. So it is really important to know that you will have multiple groups and avatars within a niche, but you've gotta get really clear on who you serve because if you try to speak to everybody, you are speaking to nobody, okay? It's through self-identification. Number four, my favorite marketing tactic ever. Opa! and no, we're not talking Greece. Other people's audiences. When it comes to marketing your product, you want to leverage audiences that other people have in your space. Put it this way. If you look to write a blog and you write a blog once a week on your website, over time, over one, two, three years, you'll start to see your traffic increase from like 20 a week to 100 to 1,000 that is the long tail slow approach. Whereas if you can, for example, guest blog on somebody else's website, if you can get press, if you can send your product to an influencer and have them give you a shout out or do a product review, when you tap into other people's audiences, it allows you to build yours much faster. And not to mention, the because you are affiliated with press or you've guest posted on Forbes or because some, you know, YouTube influencer has given you a shout out, that is social proof, which is essentially built in trust. So if you want a way to cut shortcut your success and by leveraging someone else's community, you're able to quickly build your own. So when it comes to marketing your product, always look at how you can get in front of a larger audience by leveraging influencers in your space, blogs in your space, publications, getting uh, your product listed on catalogs, magazines, etc. Look to tap into a wider audience by leveraging someone else's, which is OPA. And so, so far with our first four, uh, four points, I'd like to summarize it before we get on to point number five. So we have talked about how to engage your community by co-creating your product with your customers so you know it's a home run. We've talked about how you're not selling a commoditized product, you are selling a result in somebody's life and it's up to you to define exactly what that result is that resonates with your audience. 
Point number three is pick a niche. Niche. Oh no, I just went back on my Canadian roots. Pick a niche. You absolutely want to get really clear on who you're serving and stick to that, but also know within that, know that there are different customer groups so you don't have to be limited to one. Number four is leverage other people's audiences. So this brings me to my final tip. Build your audience. It's when should you start building your audience? You should start building your audience the second you get serious about even designing your prototype for your product. Every business owner I've spoken to, every brand we've launched, every entrepreneur I've spoken to, their biggest regret is not starting to build their audience sooner. Start today. Different ways to build your audience. That is why if you have made it to tip number five, I have put a ton of our pre-launch marketing strategies and a launch checklist in uh, a free guide that you can download just below this video. So grab that launch checklist that you can use for free. Apart from that, thanks for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed yet, but you are excited to launch and scale your brand, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell for more. And apart from that, we'll see you in the next video. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more like it, as well as free resources, be sure to head over to our website, which is kirsten.com. It's K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N.com. And if you do not want to miss another episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms or catch the video version of this on YouTube. Apart from that, we'll see you next time. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.